Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Tuesday, July 21st. I am Kyle Hillier. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier shares a big in-depth article detailing the internal issues and shakeups that have been affecting Ubisoft. More than 70 Xbox One games received demos today. And the Nagasaki Prefecture and Tsushima Island Tourism Associations have a website dedicated to Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima. Bloomberg details the internal issues and shakeups plaguing Ubisoft. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier posted a big article about internal issues that have been plaguing Ubisoft for years and how the publisher has, until recently, turned a blind eye toward some of its most powerful executives and their inappropriate behavior in the workplace. Schreier tweeted in sharing his story, Over the past few weeks, I've talked to more than 40 current and former Ubisoft employees about sexual misconduct and abuse allegations. Their accounts make one thing clear. Ubisoft has known about these problems for years. This is, unfortunately, something that has been happening for some time, but has recently been bubbling up to the surface and thankfully has caused some internal changes at Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's creative director, Ashraf Ishmael, left the company as a result of issues like this, as well as Chief Creative Officer Serge Haskoet, Global Head of HR Cecile Cornet, and Yanis Malat, Managing Director of Ubisoft's Canadian Studios. Schreier's story is detailed and in-depth, and in it, he writes, The accusations filed to Ubisoft's Human Resources Department range from subtle forms of sexism to sexual assault, according to two people with access to the reports. In interviews with Bloomberg Businessweek, many employees detailed an atmosphere that was hostile toward women, often describing the Paris headquarters as a frat house. Staff openly made misogynist or racist comments across the publisher's various offices, and senior executives took part and escalated the misconduct in the form of inappropriate touching or other sexual advances, current and former employees say. On one occasion before this summer, when Ubisoft sided with an alleged victim, the company removed the woman's boss and rewarded the woman with a gift card, she says. Schreier also wrote in his article about how the leadership at Ubisoft just tends to steer its games toward masculine identities, even if the creators are pushing for the opposite. Schreier wrote, For Assassin's Creed Syndicate, an early outline of the script gave equal screen time to the twin protagonists, Jacob and Evie, according to three people who worked on the project. In the end, Jacob dominated the game. Assassin's Creed Origins, released in 2017, was originally going to injure or kill off its main hero, Bayek, early in the story and give the player control of his wife, Aya, according to two people who worked on it. But... Aya's role gradually shrank over the course of development, and Bayek became the leading figure. Development of 2018's Assassin's Creed Odyssey went much the same way. The game tells the story of siblings Cassandra and Alexios, 
The team originally proposed making the sister the only playable character, according to four people who worked on the game, until they were told that wasn't an option. The final product gives players a choice between the two characters. You can find the full story linked in the show notes, and I recommend it. It's a good read, and I think it is good to publicize these kinds of issues, because as it already has to some degree, it has made Ubisoft look internally and institute some changes, which it really needs to do and should have already been done. I am also just thinking about Ubisoft's games specifically, and I'm just bummed by the changes that appear to have been made to Assassin's Creed Origins specifically. The idea of losing the protagonist partway through the game and switching over to their significant other sounds awesome. That is definitely a situation where short-sightedness and focusing on what they assumed would sell better, which I really genuinely don't think the choices they made made the game sell any better, It all got in the way of making a better game with a better story. Microsoft is releasing more than 70 demos starting today as part of Summer Games Fest. As part of Jeff Keighley's ongoing, still somewhat confusing to me, Summer Game Fest celebration, Microsoft is releasing a lot of demos for various games starting today and making them available until July 27th. The idea here is to create something similar to E3, where there are lots of short game demos for journalists to play so they can get a taste of a game to write about it, which is a cool idea. Microsoft wrote about the demos on a recent blog. These are not normal game demos. Typically, the demos you see in our demo channel are created after the game is completed or nearly completed and represent the final version. Many of these demos are early, and some are for games that won't be out for quite some time. The list of games is long, but I want to read the whole thing because it is impressive, and I will add context where I can, although admittedly I have not heard of a lot of these, which is very cool. And since there are so many, I'm going to read it as fast as I can because I am sitting in a closet talking to myself about video games, and you know, why not try to make it fun? Okay, here we go in alphabetical order. Hashtag fun time, nine monkeys of Shaolin, alchemist adventure, ours fabulae, back to belt, book of adventurum, cake bash, chickens, madness, clay, Chris Tales. I talked about Chris Tales a little yesterday. It's a cool looking turn-based RPG with impressive 2D animation. <gasps> Curved space, darkest filled castle, D-level, destroy all humans. This is a demo for the remake of the Xbox PS2 GameCube era game where you are an alien trying to invade Earth. Dungeon, Scavenger, Inferno, Ephemeral, Tale, Flowing Lights, Fractal, Space, Freshly Frosted, Gauntlet Force, Rise of the Machines, Genesis, Noir, Haven. Haven is not the N64 RPG about alien abduction conspiracies. It's a game about a pair of lovers stranded on an alien planet. Helheim, Hassel, Hell, Point, the Thespian Feast. This last one here, this is an action RPG that takes place on a derelict space station. I don't know that I've ever said this on Gaming Ride Home because I knew it would require me to censor a profanity, which is extra work for me, but going wrong in space is one of my favorite genres, so I am interested in this. Caves in the Wild Masks, Clang 2. Clang 2 is described in its press release as a, quote, rhythm action game with hypnotic beats and high-speed combat. It looks a little bit like a stylish 2D action game, but all the combat is set to music. Night Squad 2, Kung Fu, Kickball, Long Ago, Puzzle Tale, Lost Wing, Mars, Power, Industries, Deluxe, Mayhem, Brawler, Momentous, Nine Witches, Okuna Madness, Fogs, Pixel Skater, Projection, First Light, Raji, and Ancient Epic, Road to Guangdong, Rover Wars, Battle for Mars, Sail, Fourth, Scourge, Bringer, Seasons of the Samurai, Skatebird. Skatebird's title is a pun on the word skateboard. 
and you play as a skateboarding bird. <clears throat> Skycadia, Solaroids, Prologue, Space Outer, Charlie, Swim Out, Swim Sanity with an exclamation point, Tesla Force, The Ambassador, Fractured Timelines, The Dark Eye, Chains of Satin, The Dark Eye Memoria, The Last Cube, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, Triple Troubles, Unstoppable Warrior, Welcome to Elk, Welcome to Elk, takes place on an island, and it's all about meeting unique characters, and each one has a story to tell. And then the last one on the alphabetical list is Yester Morrow. I'm sorry I don't have more information about those games individually, but the nice thing is, if any of those titles sounded interesting to you, you can go download a demo. Check it out. I think it's a really cool promotion and does represent something close to the E3 experience, where there are tons of demos, but you only have so much time to check them out. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Nagasaki Prefecture and Tsushima Island Tourism Associations are sharing information about the PlayStation 4 game Ghost of Tsushima directly in response to the release of the game on its tourism website. This is just kind of a fun thing that caught my eye, mostly because I love Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm happy to see that the actual island of Tsushima seems to recognize the value of the game in terms of educating people about the island's history. I, like most people, pretty quickly went to Wikipedia shortly after finishing the game to at least look up an overview of the island's history with Mongolian invaders. Turns out there was no super samurai who could shoot arrows in slow motion and single-handedly pushed back against the invasion, but the website does point out some interesting elements that the game was able to represent in a heightened but historically consistent way. For example, the opening of the game, the Komoda Beach invasion, was a terrible loss for Tsushima. The Nagasaki Prefecture and Tsushima Island Tourism Associations writes on its website for the game, The first step in their quest to occupy Japan was the army gaining a foothold on Komoda Beach in Tsushima. It is said they had 30,000 soldiers and 900 warships at their disposal. The warriors who tried to resist were decimated in the face of overwhelming military power. The website also features a photograph of Sucker Punch art director Jason Connell, creative director Nate Fox, and producer Ryuhei Katami and features a quote from them that reads in Ghost of Tsushima, the world of the game takes inspiration from the actual island of Tsushima and is therefore not a blueprint of the locale, but rather portrays elements taken from reality. The ambitious challenge in store for us was how much of this realistic setting should be incorporated into the game and what kind of story we want to tell. The other cool part about the website is if, you know, someday 
you are able to fly outside of the United States and visit Tsushima. It outlines the kind of destinations you could seek out on the island if you wanted to see locations that were directly represented in the game. Here's what released today. Just have the one game, actually. Rock of Ages 3 Make and Break is out today on PC, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It will be on Stadia on August 14th. It's a weird series that I am honestly both surprised and impressed made it to a third entry. Not because it's bad or anything, it's just a weird one. In Rock of Ages, you basically control a giant ball as it rolls down a hill. There's a little bit of monkey ball in there, a little bit of Katamari Damacy, a little bit of the general concept of bowling. And then, aesthetically, it's all reminiscent of the Terry Gilliam animated Monty Python interstitials. It's strange, but very cool. That's it for gaming news today. I played more Paper Mario, the Origami King, yesterday. And the more I play it, the more I like it. I'm finding that if I change my expectations a little bit and think of it more as a puzzle game with a charming Mario and paper aesthetic and not an RPG, then I end up liking it more. It becomes less about tackling every battle to make Mario stronger and stronger, which isn't really something you can do, and makes it more about figuring out how to solve every puzzle properly and unlock everything in the environment. Having that mindset is just making me enjoy it more overall. One thing that is driving me a little crazy is the text speed. Usually, there is a setting in most games to speed up the text, or, as is the case in the Mario and Luigi RPGs, you can hold down a button to essentially fast-forward cutscenes a little. I don't want to skip anything, but I wish I could just speed up the text. I don't mean to brag, but I'm a pretty fast reader, and I really wish dialogue would just appear in full so I could breeze through it rather than it be doled out word by word. I like the dialogue, I just I wish I could get through it faster. And it's only exacerbated by your partner character often reiterating things I already know. I recognize this is a game meant to be played by young and old alike, but it really holds your hand just too much. If you're old enough to read, then you're old enough to know that flipping that switch that emptied the water out of that pool you were trying to walk through is not something you need to be reminded about when you get close to the pool. It's, it's just kind of annoying. I also played some Google Stadia yesterday. Surprise! I bought the controller and Chromecast combo thing a few days ago, and I paid the $10 for a month to give it one more go. I tried it over Wi-Fi in my bedroom this weekend, actually. Played some PUBG, and it did not go well. But my bedroom has never really had great Wi-Fi reception, so I guess you could say that's on me. Yesterday, I plugged it into the TV closest to my modem and hardwired it, and I had a much better experience. I played Destiny 2 and actually brought over my character that I had started on the PlayStation 4 version a few years ago, which is a cool thing that I was glad I was able to do, and it seemed to play pretty well. I was incredibly intimidated by jumping into Destiny after having not played it in years at this point, and I got in a firefight with some aliens who just kept killing me because they were impervious to my bullets for some reason. I couldn't figure it out, so I quit pretty quickly. But from a technical perspective, it worked pretty well. Today marks the 10-year anniversary of one of my favorite games of all time, Limbo from Play Dead Games. The developer shared a rare tweet this morning that just said, 10 years today, and shared a GIF 
from the game of the boy standing near 10 candles, which funny enough is actually an area from a later release of the game that came out about a year after its July 21st, 2010 release date. I love that game. It's actually an early example of a game I was able to get early because I had just started freelancing in earnest shortly before its release. And I just, I absolutely loved it. Both my wife and I really got into that game in a huge way, which was surprising because it really falls outside of her typical genre wheelhouse. But we really got into it and even started searching for hidden eggs in the game, ones that weren't connected to achievements, stuff like that. But anyway, I really love that game. I am excited to see Playdead still going strong. And now I need to set aside some time to play through Limbo, a game I have played through at least half a dozen times. I have a correction here from at Forrest Lastman, who responded to my direct request for some more information about the breakdown of Shin Megami Tensei franchises and spinoffs. At Forrest Lastman wrote on Twitter, SMT Nocturne was always the third game in the series, but since the first two games weren't released in English, they dropped the three. Raidu Kuzunoa is also shown off in the trailer, who replaced Dante in later versions of the game. Thanks for that correction, Forrest Lastman. Much appreciated. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please, consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through something new. I still haven't decided. I did play through Mega Man X in full. I was able to get through it in about an hour and a half. It's very proud of myself, very happy with being able to complete that. On Thursday, which is the day I usually stream, there's going to be the Xbox conference, so I'll be doing that. But by Friday, I need to decide what I'm going to stream next. I haven't figured that out yet. And as always, you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.